we should we should probably continue to introduce ourselves. Yes. Uh, should we do the whole the whole introduction? Like Yeah, I mean we can we can we can do it up Big Willie style. <laughs> I feel like Leslie Nope, I take so many notes and I have to like refer back to what did we do last week? So I don't remember exactly what I said last week, but um I'm Nell. I am a freelance artist, mostly doing design and advertising work. Um, and my history with the Transformers started when I was 12. I got into Beast Wars in Generation 1, thanks to my friend. And I've been in love with the franchise pretty much ever since. And uh, I'm, my name's Greg L. Mercer. I'm a writer and producer in Ohio for some reason. Um, <laughs> and I know nothing about Transformers. I bought the Humble Bundle that they had a little bit ago. And now I'm reading all of More Than Meets the Eye and all of Robots in Disguise. Um, and I'm, I have my good friend Nell helping me here. It was your <laughs> idea to, to get this going because I probably wouldn't read it otherwise. I know, and I want everybody to read it. Uh, honestly, at this point, probably everyone should. Right, and and I would like to make the point that you were only three issues into More Than Meets the Eye, and you were already saying that. Yeah, uh, I think if anybody is alive, they should read it. If they're not alive, you should get you should fix that first. <laughs> Um, if Work you on can't, that. If you can't read, then just look at the pictures or learn to yeah. read either way. Or I will come over and read it to you. Perfect. That is how much I love this comic. Both that's of them. A, that's a, a service that can be provided. <laughs> I um, will come read to you. <laughs> and then you can talk about how cool Transformers are. Yeah. Uh, it's a win for both of us. Exactly. Everybody does well. And in, in this episode, which is episode two of Soundwave, Sound.Wave. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We are covering issues two and three of More Than Meets the Eye, which is Liars A to D, A to D which I presume means Autobot to Decepticon. Uh, he, I would also assume that. I don't know if Isn't James has, uh, if he has, I am not aware of it. But that's, that's yeah, no, that's a good, <laughs> Reasonable good point. Assumption. It's one of those things, and I think reading, you know, those of us who have been reading since the beginning... It is one of those books that you um, theorize about as they come out, but then the longer it goes, the more you tend to not forget, but, you know, there just come so many more things to think about that sure. a lot of things kind of get buried. So this is actually really interesting for me, too, to go back and read it and go, oh, yeah. small potatoes compared to the huge reveals that you had. Oh, well, and there's so much now that I know, but then going back and rereading to kind of right. remind myself of where you are, there are still some things and I'm like, oh, wait. That was never, that's still, you know what I mean? So that's like, some things are still confusing. Right. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm not even to the part yet where it turns out Rewind was the first robot ever. And, <laughs> you're right. You haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> that is definitely a thing that happens. It's a, it's a huge reveal. Yeah. Um, but, but speaking of robots who've been around for a real long time, uh, issue two has Tailgate and he seems yes. like a cool guy. Uh, Tailgate's real cute. Yeah, his his whole story is he's Captain America. Yeah, kind he, of, yeah. He got screwed up and then basically sat around for six million years, not realizing six million years passed by. <laughs> right. So I remember in our first episode, you mentioned it almost you like the dating looked off to you when yeah, they when they, they first they showed Tailgate. Six million years ago. And I'm like, yes. how did he just showed up? How is that? Right. Possible? And now so I, I rem- it, like, he was down there for six million years. Yes. So, yeah, it was all correct. Um, but they, luckily, that one is explained very quickly. So yeah, I'm, some I'm things take 
kind of years to get explained. But that one, luckily, they turned right around and were like, no, no, we did mean six million years ago he passed out and then <laughs> woke up and got on board the Lost Light. Yes, he gets on board the Lost Light, thinking it is the original arc that took off with Nova Prime, um, which they will um, talk about again later. Sure. Um, but yes, that was where essentially they... Nova Prime, um, and in this issue, we see Tailgate recognizing, like, Cyclonus. Um, yeah, they seem to be a, a cool uh, Abbott and Costello. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, so now you're, you're hitting the top of the iceberg with uh, kind of, and this really, I don't even think this is spoilery to say, people love Cyclonus and Tailgate, and there really isn't anything even for me to spoil on this. They just, because as we can see from these issues, um, the fact that, Cyclonus takes pity on this poor halfway transformed robot and is like, fine, I will pick you up and carry you to a hat suite. <laughs> yeah, Cyclonus, <laughs> it was in issue three, I think, but Cyclonus carrying Tailgate around like he's in some kind of baby Bjorn. Or like, <laughs> like he has his arms outstretched. Like he's right, like he doesn't want to like before. coddle him. He just is going yeah. to take him from point A to point B, yes. Yeah, that's that's freaking great. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to a lot more of those guys being hilarious jerks. And <laughs> As you should. Like, We're cool friends. And Cyclonus is like, I don't like being around you. Oh, man, you are already spot on. Like you, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much, yeah. Um, you have a lot to look forward to. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Well, and, and and there's a lot of, in these two issues, there's a lot of pairings, a lot of team-ups. Uh, yeah. The, the, the duo bots come up. Yeah. Uh, and I get the feeling that they're some kind of a joke that basically everyone can't tell them apart. And that's absolutely the way James wrote it. Um, and the duo bots are another, again, and uh, sorry, I kind of get ahead of myself when I start talking. But, okay, sure. so the duo bots are, like I was saying in the first episode, where um, we have a lot of second and third stringers. So these are all bots that have existed um but not necessarily in the front lines. So James essentially brings us the dual bots to in issues two and three, immediately kill them off. So, well, yeah. Um, I, I, they're named Shock and Orr, which yeah. I imagine is a very funny joke to people with that accent. Exactly. I was going to say, if you weren't going to bring it up, I was going to. Yes, if you're speaking with a British accent, it sounds like Shock and Awe. Not exactly, but it sounds a little more like that. Um, chip right up. <laughs> uh, good, uh, I was I, I try to do an accent, but I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I, I very much want to offend. That's I'm, what you're out here to do. Yeah, I I showed up here today to make fun of the writers. You're like, <laughs> I'm going for James Roberts and his accent. Oi, mate, come, <laughs> come on the show, yeah. <laughs> there now we'll never get anyone now i was gonna say now you've called him out now he's gonna have to show up and defend himself exactly (laughs) um but along the lines with you um talking about shock and or um i do want to mention the way whirl says it nearer to the end of issue two um he makes kind of a meta joke about the fact that he doesn't know half the bots on board, which I think is very funny because readers felt the same way. It was like, no, you're right. I don't know most of these people. Yeah. Um, I, and it's it's difficult for me because there'll be guys and I'm like, well, I know a red guy who's red and white. Is he that guy or is he just some guy? <laughs> yeah. Like if you're kind of familiar with the appearance of some robots, especially when it comes to autobots because autobots tend to have the more bright colorings more um warm colors i guess not even warm colors but a lot of reds a lot of yellows a lot of blues um 
And clearly Cyclonus like sticks out because he's all purple, um, which is a very Decepticon. Like that's their color is. Well, I I figured he was a Decepticon. He, well, and that's the interesting thing because we do see in issue three, I think it is, um, when Cyclonus tells Tailgate about what he missed. And he very briefly explains the war to him and doesn't even explain it. He just kind of gives him a brief um, idea of what caused it and how it all happened. Um, And in it, and even when then later Rodimus is talking to Cyclonus, um, or maybe earlier, sorry, I wrote down all my notes, but it's hard when we're talking about two issues. I'm like, wait, what time did different things happen? Um, Oh, yes, it's an issue two that... um, Rod and Cyclonus talk, and then it's an issue three that Cyclonus kind of tells Tailgate about the war that he missed. Because Tailgate doesn't know about Autobots or Decepticons. And so, in either instance, Cyclonus is now of the opinion that he is not a Decepticon, and he is not an Autobot. Like, he certainly doesn't want to be an Autobot, but he doesn't want people calling him a Decepticon. Because for a lot of, um, in the IDW continuity, he was in the Dead Universe with, um with Galvatron, so he wasn't necessarily fighting for the Decepticons during that time, which is, I think, where he gets this feeling that he... Because he tells Tailgate he also missed a lot of the war, which I assume is him referring to the fact that he has been in the Dead Universe, and that's why he doesn't necessarily feel like he's a Decepticon. Um, but that would be... that. That's my interpretation of that. Well, the, he did... He explains basically the the Autobot and Decepticon war to uh, Tailgate in I think it's issue three, and there's mm-hmm. a really good like splash page of him yes. explaining everything that went down and the way he described it. Maybe this is just like Cyclonus being Cyclonus, but like made the Autobots sound really shitty and the Decepticons sound at least better. Well, uh, and yeah, no, go ahead. And and the the. Not to make it super political, but, like, to me, it lined up with, like, liberal views versus, like, anarchist views. And, like, uh, liberals are very much like, well, we need to change things, but stay within the system. The system isn't flawed. And, like, yeah. whereas anarchists are like, we need to tear this down from the ground up, and this shit needs to get fixed. And I very much fall on the, like, super far left side of that spectrum. So, personally, I'm, like, super Decepticon right now. I'm way into it. Right. Well, and this, you know, should maybe answer why it's one of those things where even from the beginning, like not until now, not until these issues Mm -hmm. written by James Roberts, have we actually had like, I've never been so interested in fake politics before in my life until I've been learning about like these specific um, instances of James writing what happened, what started the war between the Autobots and Decepticons, um, because it makes a ton of sense. And like you just said, it's very easy to see and sympathize with where Megatron came from, especially because I know I mentioned last week um, there was, um, oh, there were the two issues in ongoing that James wrote that were kind of a flashback to the very start of where Megatron kind of ignited the spark into creating what then ended up becoming the war, Um, which is interesting because they bring that up again later in this continuity um, or in this in this series right now that we are reading, so you'll get, you'll get there eventually when it comes up. We will discuss it further. But um, Megatron saw the problem for what it was, um, and really we see in these issues in ongoing um, that come before this, which is why I'll just openly talk about them. That Megatron 
wanted to change things with his words. He wrote. Megatron was a writer. He um, he wrote a lot of literature on how things could be better, on how things should change. And he was really optimistic that that would be helpful. Um, something happened that will be touched on later, which is why I'll kind of leave it for then, um, that kind of changed his mind. And he was very quickly... Um, convinced that never mind nothing i say will change actions are going to change everything so you're absolutely right it was this anarchist kind of thing where it was like let's go liberate everybody bring them onto our side and then we'll have more power which is where i'm like no i get it like yeah, i'm with I'm, you i'm totally down for that yeah we're you know and then we had orion pax who also saw the problems and was like let's take a more civilized approach to it and by that time it was kind of too late to really um you know, get a an understanding between the two sides. Um, sure. But interestingly, interestingly enough, we see in those past issues, it's because of Megatron's writing that Orion Pax even starts realizing huh. we need. Yes, it's it, they're brilliant issues. Um, I believe they are twenty two and twenty three of ongoing. They're very very good. Um, yeah, I remember reading them and just being in awe of what, <laughs> of you know being able to care about robot politics so much. But um. <laughs> No, they're really great. Um, and so the fact that the Autobots and Decepticons both actually were formed because of Megatron is pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm way down for that. Yeah. Um, so to, to get back to, just to get through issue two a bit, the focus yes. seems to be on this guy. What is his name? Uh, I have it written down. Blue Skids. Guy. Skids. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Blue I figured guy. that's who you meant. I know him. <laughs> and he has like lots of his memories missing. Yeah. Uh, and he's fighting these guys who keep saying 1984 over and over. Yes. Which I surmise to be the year that, like, Transformers came on the air. You are but correct. I don't know why they're saying it over and over. And that will come up later. Okay. But yes, but I, you. I, I, that's all I wanted to know is whether that was a thing that would be explained or if he's just like, oh, I dealt with that program problem. And I'm here. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. So imagine. So obviously, you reading this. Imagine how we felt as this was just coming out month to month and like getting all of these things just hurled at us. It was so baffling because then it was like, who, who is this person? I've heard this name before, but who is this person? Who are these people? Why are they saying 1984 over and over again? It took us years to actually get an answer. I imagine there's a lot of wiki reading going on. Oh my gosh. No, absolutely. It, I mean, and yeah, can I, and can I just say the TF wiki is a really great resource and they're very funny. I like them a lot. Um, everybody who contributes and, um, makes that entire site possible. They're really great at it. So there are times when I'm like, wait a minute, what happened in this issue? And I can just kind of go back and be like, oh, right. That's what it was. Um, along with pictures with funny captions, cause that's how they do over there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Skids shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a ship that around him says you haven't escaped they're all around you yeah that was a a pretty neat little sort of bioshock environmental storytelling kind of thing <laughs> yeah it's like feels like i escaped you haven't escaped <laughs> yeah like so don't be he, cool. he sort of just like shows up out of nowhere through a portal as well so yes he I, absolutely I imagine does that is something that will be resolved in some yes aspect. Um, see, this is this is why I would not be able to get through this without you, is because otherwise I'd be like, oh, I guess that's just how things normally are. <laughs> well, like, and most of these things end up being resolved in some capacity. Sure. Well, and I think that just in general um, with comics, I'm very used to things being very linear. Mm -hmm. 
Like, this is the story as I'm telling it to you. This is all you need to worry about in this moment. Where these freaking comics, when it meets the eye, it tends to be like, well, pay attention because in a year and a half, this is important. And so, yeah, it, there's a lot of that going on. So anybody who's reading it for the first time, just just hold in, just hold on, uh, stick with it. We're going to get there together. Yes, uh, it's worth it. it there's, it's so good. <laughs> Uh, so Skiz showing up and everyone being like, whoa, this guy's awesome. And he's like, no, I'm a theoretician. <laughs> There's a Which lot of really so great funny. little like small moments in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Because then even um, Tailgate says something about Rewind. He thought it was a monument in the distance and it just ended up being like Rewind as a, <laughs> a data stick. Which is funny yeah. to me because that, you know. I, and and skids and swerve teaming up swerve being like hey let's be friends we should team up yeah right? that's it <laughs> like oh yeah stuff. that's a cool name we should totally te- right there is a lot of team-ups in these issues you're right yeah that's when they find out about the spark eater that's the big like cliffhanger of issue two yes and rodimus is like okay everybody team up and everybody <laughs> yeah. get into pairs so that we can have hilarious scooby gang adventures <laughs> you're totally not wrong um but but before we get into issue three yeah uh, i just want to say my favorite page in issue two is probably like whirl being like what are we going to call ourselves like yeah. once again whirl is the best character and <laughs> greg loves sensible. whirl he's just the best whirl ever i want a whirl action figure um, they exist and this guy <laughs> I don't know who he is, but he's like, are you ready for this? The Crusader Cons. <laughs> that would be Swerve. As in Decepticons. No, not necessarily. The, the, <laughs> it's time when, to reclaim the suffix. That's the right. best line of the issue. When he said that, I was so amused. And here's a little tidbit that everybody can use to make fun of me. Um, I tend to read these issues aloud when they first come out. I like to treat it almost like a script and read for everybody because i'm super into robots and that's just what i like to do i like to emote for them um and whatever i'll i'll say it but yeah so i remember reading that swerve line when he says it's time to reclaim the suffix and it was just it was one of those moments where you feel like you would kind of be like chanting it but like not a full-on chant but like (laughs) really feel like you guys it's time to reclaim the suffix like we gotta take it back yeah like the war is done it's ours now um, I I, I want to say uh, someone hears that we're gonna think that Subcons oh, what so it has to end in bot well yeah Omnibots Monsterbots Duobots it's kind of an unwritten rule isn't it that's a very <laughs> British way to phrase that sentence ending with isn't it you know it's true and and it is funny you'll you'll I'll see little instances um we're reading it I'll just be like you know even if I didn't know that the <laughs> author was British I could surmise it from just reading the things that he's written and the way that he will phrase things um yeah it so, de- he definitely makes it clear yeah so this that that particular issue a plus plus love it I, and it, it was so good i read the next one which also well, is like the point <laughs> of this show yeah which yeah, and it's one of those things where i was like i actually had this thought this week i was like well you know i hope he like, part of me was like, I hope he doesn't feel obligated to read these. <laughs> there is a lot writing on me enjoying Transformers. <laughs> there really is. But then at the same time, I didn't want you, fe- want you to feel like you could only read two a week. You know what I mean? Because I was like, man, if somebody told me I could only read two and I had like 30 some to read, ugh, that would be hard. Like, I'll, I'll make it through. I'll get there. <laughs> Um, so was there more three. to talk about in two? I can't. I if, if you have, I'm sure there is, but um, my points. I like right. that they they 
it's it's the first time they mentioned Rung's eyebrows, which yeah. Oh my gosh, when Swerve this was issue two. I do remember being the moment that I was like, all right, Swerve is hilarious. Like, because again, I didn't really know him then, but I was like, whoever this little guy is, he's really funny. Like, he's cracking me up because yeah, when Whirl wakes up and puts Rung into like a chokehold, yeah. Swerve tells him tells Rung that Whirl hates him. <laughs> Because Rung has eyebrows so he can express himself. And that's why Whirl hates him. Which was really funny to me. Like, he's, he's mad at you. Yeah. For self-expression. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is interesting because then Rung in that uh, moment tells Whirl that he's going to go to prison if he doesn't let him go. Um, which is something that comes up later. But, uh, but in that moment... It was just, it was one of those where I remember reading it being like, wait, what, what, what's going on? What's happening with world that we do know some stuff about world from those two issues that I keep referring to in ongoing. I think this issue more than even issue one gives a very good idea of like what the tone and sort of pace of this book is going to be like, it's very, it's, it's a very comedic book. It's, it's yes hilarious. And it's very like slice of life it's very like even the action stuff the downtime seems to be more memorable and and more enjoyably written like i can tell yeah. the writers like doing that more and right. that's what i've always wanted more of in comics like just i'm totally with you slow pace like nobody's trying to blow up manhattan nobody's trying to like destroy <laughs> all of the race that these people are or something it's yeah. just like people sitting around and being jerks to each other that's right. what i want <laughs> Right, like jerks to each other, but also like kind of love each other. So yeah. like you feel like you're part of this little fun group of people and not necessarily like everything is in a dire situation every time you tune in. Because there is the kind of shot that you see uh, Ultra Magnus and Rodimus and Drift looking over just a, a group of the bots on board the Lost Light. And you can kind of, when you're somebody who knows, you know, the cast and the fandom and whatnot, then you're, oh, I see Cosmos and I see Inferno. And it's kind of cool to kind of pick out the little, the bots that you notice in the group, even if they don't get named. Um, but then as they're kind of teaming up to go into their, into their, to find Habsweeds, then you kind of see, you can see a few people who pair off, but sure. not, yeah. So I, that's, that's a good place to move into issue three, I think. Yeah. So, uh, right, at it the beginning... once again opens with a, a duo bot getting destroyed. Yes, because at the very end of issue two, uh, we re we realize that Rod has... I think it's Rodimus has Red Alert, who is the, like, security officer of yes. the Lost Light, um, going down to investigate a sound that he heard, and he has Shock with him, because Orr is the one who was in now the engines, which is what caused their quantum jump to malfunction. Right. Um, so Shock is also down there. And then the last thing we see is Red Alert with Shock's body is saying that he believes that there is a Spark Eater on board. So that's where issue three picks up. Yeah. Uh, and, and we see Red or not Red Alert, friggin' Shock getting his uh, something ripped out. Brain? I don't know what this thing is. Yes. So the very, the thing that we see is, yeah, his like mouth tearing open because you can see it like the, the his jaw on the side kind of unhinging it's very unpleasant and his brain module coming out okay i figured that's what this thing was um and the the, the very first page is shock sort of like mourning the loss of or yeah saying like a lot of things that i presume are jokes that i do not get right yeah <laughs> 
I mean, the the one that is very specific that is was funniest to me was him talking about um, them. Oh, when they weld Prowl's hands together. That was funny to me because Prowl is notorious. Like, Prowl is a first-tier Autobot. He's sure. always at the front, forefront. He's a very no-nonsense bot. So the fact that the dual bots man- managed to weld his hands together is very funny to me <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sure they paid for that. Um, so yes, it's just a list of these ridiculous things that things that they have done, and shock lamenting the fact that Or ended up being killed by being mashed into a quantum engine, which, which is, is pretty uh, sad. Yeah, it's a ridiculous way to die. As he yeah, says. yes. Um, and he he just sort of like instantly gets torn to shreds. He gets his brain pulled out of his chest. Yes. Uh, or or through his mouth. Through his mouth. Yeah. It, yeah. He pukes up his brain, as I think Rewind says. Yes, that's exactly what it says. We do notice, I do want to point out, that the last call that Orr got was from Prowl. So I know that was something that intrigued me when I was first reading it. Yeah, they, they make a point to say that. Uh, yes. There's a whole panel about it. Uh, and then next to the, the title insert, there's a very nice little traditional Cybertronian rhyme. Yes. Uh, which is a, a very nice thing for a writer to do, I imagine. Um, but <laughs> Rod just being like, all right, cool, we got a Sparky. <laughs> yeah, so that I think kind of shows us how cocky Rodimus is. The fact that Red Alert says that there's a spark eater on board and Rod's reaction is to smirk and say cool because that's the kind of person he is like oh good this is going to be a fun thing for me to (laughs) save everybody yeah yeah (laughs) i i feel like the spark eaters are some kind of combination fast zombie and vampire uh just general robot cannibal that's not good to be around Right, and and even as they bring up in this issue, um, they're largely believed to be mythical. Yeah, exactly. It's I this this page right here. They're saying that there are all these sorts of different names for them and everything. Yeah. And the really great insert of a I once arrested a Septicon who thought he was a spark eater, <laughs> called himself the Dark Assassin, Devourer of Souls, and Propagator of Infinite Sin. His real name was Blip. <laughs> like, that's a good line. Right. Uh. Those lines are precious. Rewind, not knowing Varus or Varus or Virus. Right. And the fact that he just keeps prattling on, da-da-da-da-da, until Ratchet's like, oh my god, everybody shut up. Like, I'm trying to work here. Everybody (laughs) stop talking. Ratchet is kind of over everybody already. Yeah, he seems pretty occupied with what he's doing. (laughs) Which makes sense. They do a good job of being like, look, we only barely remember most of the Transformers canon too, so don't worry too much about it. Yes. With the duo bots and with the heat signature on the ID card in the issue number one and all these different planets, like they do a good job of pointing out like the more ridiculous aspects of the gimmicky history of Transformers. Absolutely. Using that as like, yeah, uh, you don't got to worry about that. Right. Yes. a, A fun little nod. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's very, very welcoming to the fact that if you don't already know 30 years of Transformers history, that's okay. Like, it's fine. You're still okay. Just enjoy the ride. Come with us. It's fine. Um, so as there, one thing I want to point out, because this is a reference I caught, uh, Rossum's Trinity is the spark, the brain module, and the transformation cog. Yes. Rossum is yes. Uh, play, uh-huh. Rossum's Universal Robots, and it was the first instance of the word robot ever. Absolutely. Yep, glad I caught that one. I know. I, I, I'm and I knew you would. about town. Yep. Yes. <laughs> well, because 
Greg L. Mercer is a person who loves robots. So I love me some robots. <laughs> There's no getting around that one. That was definitely one of those where I was like, yeah, no, he'll get this. <laughs> um, which, I mean, and it's totally okay if somebody didn't get it. It's just, it's one of those nerdy things that Greg and I would know because it's, we it's, tend to know those kinds of things. And if you didn't know, you just wouldn't be as good as us. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Very few you can still just things. just keep honing your skills. Yeah, yeah you might get there. there. You'll get there someday, maybe, probably not. Uh, <laughs> so the, we get to Chrome Dome, who is sort of like a a brain scanner guy. Yes, he's a nemosurgeon. Nemosurgeon, and they make a point to say that that's like hard to pronounce. Yes. <laughs> oh, Nemo with an M, because when you say it out loud, it sounds like then he gets cut off. <laughs> um, and this—that's a very cool page. Seeing that sort of uh, mixing up the art styles, they've done it once in each issue now, I think, or maybe twice in this issue, and they didn't last time. I don't know, but it's—it's it's a really cool thing to do. Um, it's, oh, it's when he very, sees the the yeah, memory, doing that like crazy sketchy splash page. Yes, yes. So this one is done by Alex. Um, okay. Issues two and three, I believe, are for for most of more than me. CI, it is um, Alex Milne doing the artwork. Um, the first one was done by Nick Roche, but yes. Now we are into Alex's artwork here. But yeah, I love that page of him seeing what Shock saw at the end before dying. And it's, yes, this very sketchy, this very just black and white, patchy images of the Spark Eater coming at him. That's a, a crazy thing to see. Yeah. I, I, I would not want that. No, not at all. Um, and we do see, even before that, we can kind of get a sense of Rewind's um, distaste for what Chrome Dome is capable of doing. We can tell that Rewind doesn't like it. Uh, and then we get an ama another amazing page of Cyclonus and Tailgate <laughs> together. Yes. He's like, this room's great! And then Cyclonus <laughs> just drops him on the right. Tailgate being like, oh boy, look at how good this is. Which bed do you want? And then, yeah, Cyclonus just drops him on the floor because he doesn't care. <laughs> Uh, this, this poor sweet little idiot I love yes that. cyclonus is, or tailgate is trapped in half transformation because <laughs> it was taking him a long time to transform and then rod was suddenly like okay everybody pair off get a room and <laughs> tailgate was like i can't move somebody help me and luckily cyclonus was sweet enough to pick him up he's a real sweetheart um we did see him um, in issue two. Rod was like, Cyclonus and Whirl were fighting before they came on board. You guys should patch things up. And Cyclonus <laughs> hugs Whirl, which yeah. at first, like the first moment, I remember reading them being like, ah. And then in the next panel, he hugged him so he could whisper to him that he was going to kill him. Like, and then not, would never see it coming. Yeah, like, you won't see it coming, Whirl, but I'm going to murder you, was why he hugged him, which was. Yeah, I don't want him murdered, <laughs> my sweet, sweet Whirl baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's everyone else can die for all i care if it was a world ongoing i'd read it oh my gosh that's so funny rung can you should too. <laughs> just rung and whirl yeah the adventures of rung and whirl <laughs> i can't even imagine what that would entail you should write to james roberts and be like this is what i want to see i'm gonna make it happen it's i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna write a fan comic every month and you totally could people they'll, would they'll have it. no choice but to publish it <laughs> And Zero artists and give me money for it. Perfect. I'll draw it, I'll or it. you can draw it and I'll write it. Perfect. That's even better. <laughs> um, so we we get uh, Skids and Swerve, the classic duo again. Classic, classic pair. They they seem and, to have found a bar. Yes, <laughs> which is the start of some great things. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. 
it, it seems like uh, only uh, Swerve is taking it seriously. Whereas yes. Skids very much wants to escape because like he's like, hey, I can do whatever I want because I don't have a memory. I don't know who I am. Which I kind of love. Like, I yeah. remember reading that and even rereading it now. I'm like, I still love this um, passage. And of course, now I'm, I know way too much about all of this um, that I know Swerve is, or Skids is like the person I would like marry from The Lost Light. I'm like, if I had to marry one person on The Lost Light, I think I'd choose Skids. <laughs> but well, even now, really? <laughs> just, just bear with me. Um but I, you can kind of see the beginnings of that now, which we see. But yeah, the fact that Skids is like, you know, I'm missing my most recent memories. And beyond that, I'm missing huge parts of my memories. And so I can kind of just be whoever I want to be. And I'm choosing to be a, you know, I, kind I of daredevil. And yeah, like, I'm going to escape. Rod tried to lock me in. Well, too bad. I'm leaving. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. We kind of get a, a feeling, though, of what we're going to see from Skids. Well, even when he first showed up and was just taking out those big bots who we will see more of later. Sure. Um, yeah, we kind of got our first impressions of Skid. So I think it, by by issue three, we're still getting first impressions of him. And he's he's decided at this point, since he doesn't know who he is, he's choosing that he is a rule breaker. He's a wild guy who, who does what he wants. Exactly. And he's kind of surprised that Swerve doesn't go with him. But... Swerve is just having a drink. That's what he chooses to do. I like it. I would do that. Swerve, <laughs> yeah. You and me I can't blame him. Yeah. Uh, so from there, we go into Chrome Dome freaking out because we just saw the Spark Eater um, and a lot more exposition, which is very well written. I don't mean to gloss over it, but sure. know, not much happens on that page. It's fine. Um, right. Well, and we're just here to kind of con- consult what you want to discuss about this issue. So yeah, it sure. is just a lot of them talking about what it's, to do with the spark eater yeah they explain like hey this guy's not good to be around right like what are we gonna do let's figure something out and then we get more of my sweet baby whirl um, <laughs> getting cornered by the spark eater well shoots at him uh, well animus got locked out of his in world's room which it's still at the point where i'm like I don't know if Animus was just kind of lingering too long in the hallway because World does say that he was kidding with him at first on not letting him in, but then the doors... So I imagine how it happened was that Animus and World decided, okay, we are going to team up. World locked him out of the room to be funny, and then the doors (laughs) actually locked behind him, and he couldn't open it. And then he was like, I seriously can't let you in. I don't know what's happening. Um, and then the spark eater got animus because world was dicking around with him at first and didn't let him in the room. I don't think that's world's fault. I mean, I don't see how he, he didn't, he didn't know that the doors were going to lock behind him. That's for sure. And we do see the fair, fact that he did break out of the door. Right. Exactly. He's a helicopter so, now. Yeah. He's so he breaks. Missiles. He's not yeah. happy about what happened. Sure. He's just sure. So precious. He's just an innocent boy. <laughs> I don't want anyone being mean to my world. I'm going to send you those issues from ongoing. <laughs> I don't want I don't want his his good name besmirched. Uh, his good name. Oh my goodness, this is hilarious. <laughs> he's he's trying his best. You people need to lighten up. Uh so like Trailbreaker here. Uh, yeah. spoiling the fun. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Trailbreaker up... contains world's explosion that would have just torn apart half the shit. Would have killed the spark eater. True. So maybe you guys should look at it from a different perspective. 
Um, and then we, we get to Rung, adorable Rung with his eyebrows. Uh, and <laughs> He's real Skiz cute. even calls him that and pulls him through. Um, and then we get to the aforementioned page explaining the politics yes. of Cybertron. And we get more of, of hilarious Skids and Rung, and Rung being like, well, okay, I'm going to use his bait here. Uh, and complaining about how friggin skids gets a a grappling hook and he gets a microphone in his thumb <laughs> it's true he does have a microphone in his thumb um okay but so that page in particular that doesn't kind of give you an idea of how attractive skids is <laughs> just just throwing that out there I, he's a very fine looking robot <laughs> I remember seeing that page and I wrote on it. I put it into Photoshop and just wrote PS damn on the bottom of it. Like I wrote damn skids PS damn and sent it to my friend because that was necessary. I don't know. I'm more into to rung, to be honest. He says <laughs> he's got them eyebrows and that uh, he like does. He is patch type thing going very on. expressive. It does look like a little soul patch. You're right. Um, yeah, no, Skids is just very all business. Um, well, because they did mention the fact that he's after Rung is the fact that he was going after the brightest sparks. Like, nice. that they were like, okay, the spark eater is going to go after the brightest spark. Like, that's what he's going to be drawn to. Um, and so that's why now Rung is being used as bait, because apparently that's who he's going after. Uh, and then we see Brainstorm trapped the line, I'm too smart to die, which, trust me, buddy, I've been there. And we, we see more of this briefcase that is being teased. Yes. Uh, I don't know what's in there yet, but I get the impression that it's very important. Or that it's not, and it's just a setup for a really good joke. I don't know. <laughs> You'll find out. Could go either way. Um, and then we get Rodimus actually using Rung as bait. Rung not being happy about it. Poor Rung. Give him an ongoing. Just give me more Rung comics. Poor little Rung. Well, and it's funny. He, well, and this comes up later. Never mind. I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then uh, they they manage to destroy this uh, Spark Eater the same way that poor Orr got uh, destroyed by getting sucked into the quantum generator. Exactly. Yes. Rod uses the fact that he was like, oh, one bot got killed this way. I'll shove the Sparger Eater into it. Along so, yes. with both his arms. Along with both of his arms. So now he's got cool skeleton C-3PO arms. But... He totally does, yeah. Ratchet's, Ratchet's building him a new pair. Probably not a super good position to be in. <laughs> I You probably shouldn't give up your arms too often, right? Well, I mean, and it's one of those things I think we can't possibly know because we don't have the luxury of just being like, hey, Doc, give me some new arms, please. I lost mine in a quantum engine. One of these days. <laughs> Someday. Deus Ex. Um, <laughs> and then we get to the, the sort of big, uh, not necessarily uh, cliffhanger, but exclamation point of the issue, which is that Tailgate wants to be a Decepticon. Which right. That's is, where it leaves off. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I do remember reading them being like, oh, you sweet baby. <laughs> like, I, he doesn't know that, like, you're not oh, sure. supposed to be Decepticons. He's just, uh, he's well, like, yeah, oh, that sounds right. right. Well, and of course, obviously, this is something that now will be touched on in issue four. Um, but, right, like, all he knows is what Cyclonus told him, which, and from that splash, play, splash page where Cyclonus is talking about it, to me, it... it and I guess it's one of those things, because I guess even hearing you talk about it, it does sound apparently more sided towards Decepticons, whereas I read that page and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. You know what I mean? But I didn't necessarily see it as 
Um, well, it, there's a an old saying, which is that reality has a very distinct Decepticon bias. <laughs> That's an an ancient saying. Right. Um, but yeah, no, and and so at that point, obviously, this at the end of this issue, we can't know how much Cyclonus has told him um, beyond what we see actually in the issue. Um, but yeah, that's where it leaves off is tailgate tailgate telling Ratchet, who was pulled a piece of scrap metal away from his T-Gog to help him transform faster, so he shouldn't get stuck halfway again. Right. <laughs> um, but yes, it's tailgate, little tiny tailgate who's been asleep the entire war, For deciding that he's years. yeah, and he's deciding he's going to choose a faction, and that faction is Decepticon. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like a guy in Switzerland waking up after World War II happened and you're uh -huh. like, "Oh, I want to be one of the allies." <laughs> <laughs> right, like I've I've decided. Yeah. Because right, like as the like the point in the comic now, it's this idea that right, the war is over, but you can see very much the fact that Right. A lot he of the people that, aren't like, willing it, to give up their affiliations. Yeah, he says, like, about how even now, even when it shouldn't, your allegiance matters. Right. And that's, Absolutely. that's a, a, a cool conclusion to come to because it does put, like, a nice bow on how all of these things are treated. That, like, sure. ideally, everyone would be neutral and you don't need Autobots and you don't need Decepticons and all these things. But you still definitely have those. Yes, and they still have biases. You can see it in... Right. Um, the way Rodimus was going to talk, was going to, he, he says that when he and Cyclonus are talking, when he entered the room, he intended to tell Cyclonus, no, you can't yeah. be a member of the Lost Light. And Cyclonus very clearly tells him, like, I don't want to be either. I'm just here to go on this quest and kind of start over. And then Rod is like, okay, fine, you can be on board. Um, And then even when Cyclonus is carrying Tailgate to their room, you see um, Hoist, I believe it is, kind of looking at him. And Cyclonus just says, what are you looking at? Um, but it's just this idea that everybody knows, obviously, the purple guy with the horns. Sure. Most people know who he is. He's Cyclonus. And he was not on their side. The symbol. The, even if you change your symbol, the right. is pretty distinct. Sure. And luckily, and I really liked the fact that Cyclonus is a really great character. And obviously, we're going to see a lot more of him. But sure. um, I really like this, you know, the fact that he is trying to be as neutral as he can be. Like, he's not here to be friends with all the Autobots. He's not here to switch sides. He's very much of the opinion that it should be a neutral thing. Like, it shouldn't be one versus the other. And at the same time, he seems to be... he He's not like, we need to build a bridge between our communities. He's like, I don't Absolutely. want to of any of this. I'm just here because it's better than being there. Abs yep. Which I think is a cool thing to do with that character. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, he's great. I feel like you're going to kind of fall in love with Cyclonus. It's not hard to do. He's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like... You know, missing a horn thing, which is... I know. He did lose a horn when he and Whirl were yeah. scuffling. Um, so, yeah. Which I... means he should never have had the horn to begin with, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> If because... World decides you don't need it, then... <laughs> oh my goodness. Um... Sweet, precious baby boy. <laughs> oh, Greg. <laughs> He's really the protagonist of the entire series. Oh my god. <laughs> Did I already say this last week? That in the issues of Ongoing, we learned that World kind of started the entire war between the Autobots and the Decepticons. I don't see how that's relevant, though. <laughs> 
He's just I'm just putting it like, out there. Obviously, without that, we wouldn't be here. So it was the right thing to do. You know, and that's one of those interesting things. We kind of even deal with that mindset later on. This idea of like, <laughs> yes, but what brought us to here and what is worth? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a relevant mindset to have. There you go. Just more proof that Whirl is the best robot ever. <laughs> That's, that's I'm excited. Fact. I'm excited for you to learn more about him. I really am. <laughs> and, and that isn't me being like facetious. That's me sure. like genuinely like I can't wait till you learn more about him because there is more to learn about him. Um, there's a lot more to learn about a lot of these robots. Um, obviously, we're only three issues in. Um, I feel like I you're gonna love Cyclonus. Nothing more to learn about these robots. It's right. Crazy. Like this is it. This is as much as we're gonna get. Um, what do they do for thirty more? <laughs> I think you're going to I do think you're going to kind of be in love with Skids. I do. Good. He's hard not to love. Um I'm trying to think who else. I it's Rung. I think you'll fall more in love with Rung. This this as of now I've read the entire first trade of More Than Meets the Eye, which is the first three issues as well as Death of Optimus Prime. And I think uh-huh. I'm starting to get an idea as to what is going on here in the sense of like Okay, well, Batman is a comic about, like, loss and psychic trauma and all these sorts of things. And mm-hmm. X-Men is a story about persecution against minorities. I'm starting to get the idea that Transformers is, at least this iteration of it, is about peacetime after war. And trying to deal with all, of, like, the super mundane stuff, as well as all the stuff that's super huge issues i guess is to say and i haven't read any of robots in disguise yet so i don't know what the tone of that is like but i'm i'm very much enjoying these types of stories well Um, good yeah so well and i'm very excited to keep it going well good good i'm glad i'm glad you haven't gotten this far and like "Eh, i'm still on the fence about it um (laughs) honestly i'm gonna stop here last episode That's it. We just have the two. Congratulations um, for a successful podcast. We did our best. Collect all two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you're kind of right, though. I mean, obviously, because at the end of ongoing, it was the quote unquote end of the war. So robots in disguise also. I mean, and you'll find this out when you read that trade. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, they are also obviously dealing with post-war kind of feelings, but in a very different setting. And I think that's just what, I mean, that's just the difference between these two is that they're both post-war. One of them is let's kind of run away from the consequences of it. And that kind of sounds harsh, but it's true. Rod kind of just took this idea of the fact that like, okay, our planet has rebooted itself. We have a lot of people coming back. We don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to handle it. I'm going to take this map and go find people who can fix it for us. And the people who stayed on Cybertron took the path of, okay, let's rebuild. You know what I mean? So I think that's... That's that's very interesting to me in that it's sort of a dichotomy between do you try and start something new or do you try and build from what you have? Sure. Absolutely. Because, right, Rodimus wants to find the people who are going to return it to what was theorized as this golden age. It's this legendary, you know, everybody knows of, oh, right, the golden age of Cybertron. That's what Rod wants to get back to. Um, Whereas people like Prowl, who are still on Cybertron, don't think that that was ever the case and think the knights don't exist and is just going to, and has more of the idea of, I'm going to do what I can with the people and the resources that I have. So 
That's what Robots in Disguise deals with. Oh my god, I'm on Comixology right now, and I just realized there's a robot cyborg and mecha tag I can search by. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is all I need forever. Um, so we'll and, never see Greg again. Exactly. It's no, been real knowing you. I, I just go missing, and, and Howard Hughes style, like. I'm gonna uh, see your picture on a carton of milk. Do they even make cartons of milk anymore? I it, it, I guess it'd have to be like almond milk or something. <laughs> The thought of like going to the grocery store and getting a carton of silk and seeing like your like cross hatched picture on the side. <laughs> uh, so so next episode uh, we will be discussing. It looks like volume one of Robots in Disguise covers one to five. So we might uh-huh. do the first two or three. Okay, so, and that's I'll leave totally up to you. Um, I'm excited to have to learn a whole bunch of new robot designs and names. Luckily, don't worry too much. I feel like Robots in Disguise is a little more, again, that's, they deal with a little more of the quote unquote first stringers. So Uh, the the big names. Yeah. So like Starscream's there, Prowl's there, Wheeljack's there, who's the most important Cybertronian of all of them. So, you know, he's, at least we'll have him. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I don't know if these names are familiar to you, but like Ironhide, Soundwave, I hope that name is familiar to you. Never heard uh, of <laughs> so yeah, okay, hopefully well, it won't be too bad. I'm I'm very excited. And uh, do, you, do you have anything you want to sign off with? Um, just that it's great working with you. Yeah, let's let's do it again next week, huh? All right, I'll see you next week. Uh, I'll see you guys next issue. <laughs> Is that the sign off you agreed on? I don't remember.